0: The Lord told me to tell the people of God in this season is to stay the course, stay in faith, and stay focused, for 2022 will be a banner year. It will be a year of abundance, joy, and hope for the people of God, excuse me, refuse to be moved by complaining and accusing spirit that defines the mouth and heart of so many of my children. Stay connected with people of like precious faith for those of the household of faith will flourish and be satisfied in this season. Now, when we say these words, we want to, uh, again, I'll mention tonight that we're not saying, we're not denying what's taking place, but we're allowing the word of God to define the lens by which we see the challenge. And the Lord began, uh, kept going on to me, and he was very uh, specific with these words. And I wrote some of it to our partners this week. 2022, for those who have faith to believe, will be a year of deep and divinely ordained encounters. Acceleration. Acceleration is the act of increasing speed or velocity. Quick obedience is one of the key values of receiving acceleration. Acceleration. Extreme abundance, extreme, going well beyond average. Abundance, extremely plentiful or oversufficiency, a quantity of a supply. Revelation, beauty of the Lord, repentance. Something really interesting, and uh, when, when we say 2022, I don't necessarily believe God moves in calendar, but he does move in seasons. And the change of the Gregorian calendar gives us some understanding of a change in a season that the world, uh, that the world acknowledges. But uh, he said it would be a year of repentance. And here's something really interesting uh, about that repentance. And we know repentance is change of thinking. Look at uh, Matthew, the third chapter. Verse 1, in those days, I'm reading out of the New King James. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness and saying, repent, which is changing your thinking, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Now catch this part. Well, let's pause here for a minute. We know that John the Baptist's ministry was uh, one that did no miracles. And so the focus of his ministry was the teaching and the proclaiming of the kingdom of God. And his focus then, the heart of what he was preaching and teaching was repentance, which means change your thinking. We know that. And then uh, this is what Isaiah called his ministry. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. I'm spitting, so now I'm doing good. I know I'm doing real good. (sighs) I'm Pentecostal a little bit tonight with my spitting. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. So his voice, which preached repentance, which was the word of God, would cause the way of the Lord to be prepared. So it's in your change thinking When your thinking is being continually changed and you have a heart of repentance and the heart of a child, you actually prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. That's why your heart and the guarding of your heart is so important because he says out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. Think about that supernatural implications to that. If you think you can understand God in you through intellect, you're going to have a lot of trouble. But he says that he said there's a river, once you take a drink, there is a river, a literal river of heavenly things that flow out of your heart. And what uh, what allows that river To function freely is a continual transformation of your mind. And Jesus, who was, uh, John the Baptist forerunned that message, right? He was the forerunner for that message that prepared the way for the coming of the Lord. And Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. John the Baptist wasn't the first Baptist. They just called him that. (laughs) Just a little joke there. (laughs) But he's baptized, and there's, I think, layers of implication to that. But I believe one of the reasons he's being baptized by John is he's identifying with his message of repentance and the kingdom of God. And then in Matthew 4, what does Jesus preach? One chapter later in the book of Matthew, uh, verse 17, we know, of course, from that time Jesus began to preach and saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So that word of repentance becomes the core for preparing the coming of the Lord. Release of a fresh baptism of of fire, a pioneering pioneering spirit to birth God realities. For the Lord says, my people have reason to be optimistic, hopeful, hopeful. And full of faith in this season, because though the plan of the enemy will seek to be released worldwide, and let me just uh, pause here for a moment. Often the symptom of evil things you see the, in the world are not the true source of it. The symptom is COVID restrictions, the true source is an antichrist spirit to control people and control populaces. We know we've officially gone into insane world when we're trying to control a virus by vaccinations and a vaccination that doesn't stop a virus. That's not a statement on a vaccine. Pray, you ask the Lord what to do with that. I have my own personal choices on that. I don't believe in forcing people to be vaccinated and I certainly don't believe in children being vaccinated, forcefully. But the real source is an antichrist spirit. What does an Antichrist spirit do? It's contrary freedom, contrary allowing people to express themselves. But I saw it like this, and I think it was uh, either on the thirty or thirty-first. I saw it like when the enemy. I, I don't know much about this. I just, this is the way I saw it expressed. But I saw like a chessboard. And when you would see this chessboard, uh, you saw the enemy trying to make his move on this board. God was always one step ahead. God was always one step ahead. And the Lord said to me, The gate of heaven is open for my people, and my word and my spirit has not lost any power yet. It will be my people's ability to stand in the counsel of the Lord and not be moved that will define their fruitfulness in this season. There's two beautiful things and two beautiful tensions, I believe, taking place in this season, a spirit of acceleration and the spirit for people to stand. So when you stand and you choose to stand and you stand as long as you need to stand, watch God accelerate things. That's a beautiful thing. And he'll do exceedingly abundantly beyond what you could ask or think. And then I saw on New Year's Eve, this is what the, or this is what the Lord said to me, for those who stand in faith, I will even fulfill that which my people would, ne, would have ne, would, would, would net, thought would never happen or is even impossible given their present circumstance. For those who stand in faith, I will even fulfill that which my people thought would never happen or is even impossible given their present circumstance. I was uh, reminded of, and maybe I uh, told this in uh, last year when I was here with you in January, I was reminded too, just as I was hearing some different things, just journaling it out with the Lord, I was reminded in April of 2020, we were praying on this prayer call that you should join us on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. I do it in my pajamas. (laughs) I'm not a person who stays up late. Some of you are crazy, 12 and 1 and 2. That is not godly. Beauty is a 5 a.m. cup of coffee (laughs) with the Lord. I understand everybody's different, you know. It's interesting, it's by lead intercessor, she goes to bed when I'm waking up. But we're in this call, and I discern in uh, my home office, there's an angel between my desk that's up against uh, a wall, and he's, he's there, and I perceive I'd never seen an angel like this. And you know, as these things go, I'm thinking, and it was it was some scary angel. Like it was, whoosh, fear of the Lord came in the room. That's why every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that He is Lord. All men will be without excuse. Have you ever noticed the, the biggest atheist, they're always talking about how God doesn't exist? That's a demon driving them. They know he exists and it's driving them nuts. Bill Maher can't stop talking about believers because he's tormented. Just give over. You're going to get born again one day, you know. <laughs> God doesn't exist. You know, like, <laughs> if God doesn't exist, li- leave me alone in my delusions. <laughs> but you know he does. And it bothers you. Yeah, Come and receive life. But he's, he's not, he's like looking through me. and I'm thinking, what is he doing? And I heard the Lord tell me. And then I saw him leave the room and he went, I saw him go through the United States like fire. And I heard the Lord say, I'm watching to see if the people of God will respond and position their hearts correctly in this season. For this is a season of great and divine purpose for my people. The scrolls of that which I have desired from the beginning of time for this distinct period of time and purpose for the earth are open. And I want you to know they are full of grace, full of abundance, full of miracles, full of provision. For though the kingdoms and the enemies of the earth will continue to shake, my people must not be shaken for they uh, they must have clear and distinct focus. For when you focus upon me, you see as I desire you see and you have the ability to apprehend that which I've made available to my people. And know that which I've made available to my people is clean, pure, and I desire it to endure for eternity. Listen, there's one of the reasons I emphasize something this morning. You don't want any area in your closet That's from hell. This is not a season to even pick your nose with the enemy. Pick your nose a little piece. The enemy does not come to have a little part of your life. He comes for the whole house. He doesn't come for you to have a little area. Maybe shame you. He comes to destroy you and your family. And he does not play fair. So do whatever you need to do to align your heart properly with God. He's loving. He's merciful to you. He's gracious to you. If you knew the Lord at one time, or maybe you never knew him, the Lord is gracious and merciful. But I tell you, this is a season of divine righteous judgment in the house of God. God will not tolerate profane and idolatrous things from the pulpit anymore. My people must be marked by eternity in this season. Those who live for eternity are are defined by my reality and my way of doing things. For my kingdom and the rhythm of my ways operate from a different eternal reality. That when my people align with it, my eternal realities, that which is temporal shifts and changes, and my great power is displayed in the earth. For this is indeed my will for the earth and for all of mankind, that I would display through weak people the eternal realities of who I am and what is available in the kingdom. In my kingdom, excuse me. Now is a time as never before to seek me with Your whole heart strength. Now is not the time to look back. Now is not the time to grow weary in well-doing. For a time of great harvest will be my people's portion. For a time of great harvest will be my people's portion. For a time of great harvest will be my people's portion. For a time of great harvest will be my people's portion. For this is a season in which I'm marking eternity in the hearts of people. I want my people to be defined by my heart, and my heart is only moved by my eternal purposes. My body stands at a crossroads in this season. I want to establish my people on a sure foundation so that they can never be moved and never shaken by what they see, but they define what they see according to the word of God and the authority I've given them. For it has been spoken, and it will be that I will have a people in the earth who move in the governmental authority I've given them, who, like Daniel, shape the history and destiny of nations. Indeed, I want to give my people the ability to reshape the history of nations. Thank you, Lord. Excuse me. There is a marking coming upon this generation. It is a marking that will be released by the grace of God and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It is a grace to know me and experience me. It is a grace to hear me. It is a grace to encounter. The mark of the reformer in this season will be the mark to to be known for throughout church history. There have been reformers. Who have uniquely shaped history, but also changed history because of their love and their passion for me as a foundation of their lives. I'm marking a generation of people in the earth with a marking passion to know me. And in their pursuit and desire to know me, they will set aside that which will stop that that will stop, uh, that that they will set aside everything to know me and the pleasure of knowing me and having fellowship and intimacy with you as never before. Reformers are in the earth and reformers are being released in the earth. Over the next 10 years, the landscape of the nature of how I am represented in the earth will change in a manner that is yet to be seen. And here are some of the defining markers. The power of the Holy Spirit will be released and displayed in every part of society. The power of the Holy Spirit will be released particularly in public schools. Believers will birth a new wineskin of Christian schools for old and young. Prayer and fasting will become key values embraced by Western believers. Hidden wisdom given and released to believers to display the superiority of heaven and the kingdom of God. Prophetic understanding of things to come and strategy to know how to live in times and seasons. A cleansing of the body of Christ of political and a religious spirit. A fresh release of rain to bring a cleansing to the body of Christ. Healthy deliverance ministry to cause people to be delivered from hindering trauma, pain, and besetting sin. New apostolic churches being birthed, that function as families with five-fold leadership, working in synergy to lead and equip God's people. A new wave of the sound of heaven being released in the earth. A new understanding of the kingdom of God coming to earth. A new understanding of our responsibility as believers to restore the earth to God's original intention. The Daniel company and the Joseph company of believers being released in the earth for those who would receive and believe, unprecedented wealth and abundance. Young children both boys and girls preaching and demonstrating the gospel of the kingdom to, to uh, even many becoming prominent. Billions coming in to the harvest, billion soul harvest. Media as an avenue to spread the gospel. Media projects released by the body of Christ influencing culture. New social media platforms to advance and spread the message of the kingdom of God. Acceleration of both the antichrist spirit and the kingdom of God. The voice of God causing God's purposes and plans to be birthed and prosper in the earth. Multiplication and advancement is God's purpose for God's people. A transition of God's generals in the earth to a new generation of leaders. Old and new coming to release God's new. Exposing of evil and corruption within the body of Christ. Old and new coming together to release God's new. You know, earlier tonight I said, many people do not go beyond the expression they got born again in. And I want to circle back to that. <laughs> circle back to that. That's funny. That just because you grow in knowledge, it doesn't make the knowledge that you learned when you got born again obsolete. When Jesus speaks of the new wineskin, he says that the wineskin must be new, but the, the, he doesn't say that it just carries the new wine. He said the new wineskin is for the old and the new. And he was actually speaking to a Jewish audience who would, would understand that the revelation of God, even the revelation of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God must be understood through the Old Testament, but also the new truths that God was revealing and he was building upon what was previously revealed about God in the old. That's why you cannot build a body and a group of people simply through one expression. No, I guess you could, but then you will have deficient people. If all you listen to is teachers in the body of Christ, you will be deficient. It's kind of like working out. If all you do is upper body workouts, then your upper body will be good and a little, 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 little tiny feet, big chest, and then little feet. That's called deformed. So part of how you grow in maturity is because the fivefold ministry... Jesus was all five. And according to Ephesians 4, when he ascended, first he descended, then he ascended, right? And he gave, what does he say? I gave gifts unto men. He's quoting the book of Psalms when David would have a, uh, where he would put the spoils of what he won in war, he would put on display so that all could see. He said, when I won victory, ascended, descended, and now I am risen and exalted, I gave you these gifts. Through men and women, I gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. What? For the equipping of the saints so you could be like him. The goal of discipleship is to be like him. You can't be like him unless there is a a receiving in your heart of those ministry gifts. Jesus was the greatest apostle. He was the sent one. That's what an apostle means. He was the sent one, and he says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. So an apostle has the ability to set into order and to call people into the purposes of God beyond the day that they're living in, because that's what Jesus did. He released a life in the earth that we are still receiving the implications of. So he says, as a sent one, you're now sent from heaven as I was, and you're supposed to leave it a mark in the earth that is left. You leave a legacy in the earth, whether you're known or not, but the choices you make because you're partnering with me, they remember you forever. That's why he says, he, he gives it in plain language this, a righteous man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. What's he saying? When you've gone from the earth, two generations after you are still receiving the blessing from you being sent to the earth as a sent one. He was the greatest prophet. He would answer questions people were not asking. He would read the hearts of men. He perceived. And then he says, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. So that he would tell you things to come. Prophet's job is not to prophesy over everyone. But the prophet's job is that when you leave, you go, I think I've just heard something about Jesus that I've never heard before. I now have the ability to see and to hear. And I want more of who he is. And a fruit of that is that you hear his voice and you minister it to others. And that your voice literally becomes the voice of God. Immaturity says, I need a word. Maturity says, I want to be the expression of the word of God. That you know that when you speak, you can have what you say because you're speaking what God said. He was the greatest prophet. He was the greatest teacher. He expounded upon truth and he would say, I I have many things to tell you, but you cannot bear them now. So he used parables, stories that didn't even happen to illustrate heavenly truths. He was the original American preacher. He said, we've never heard anything like this. Yet he's never gone to one of our our schools. One of the marks of a teacher is the ability to, to, to articulate precept upon precept. Can you teach somebody to be like you? He was the evangelist who walked in miracles, who heralded the message of the kingdom, who had a love for every person that came in front of him. He was a proclaimer of good news. Rich and poor, old and young, when they looked at him, they said, we want that good news. He was the greatest evangelist. And he was the great pastor too. The great story. But he's he's teaching a story there. He leaves, right? He was the great shepherd. He's the shepherd of people's souls. He leaves the 99 for the one. He's telling two different stories there. He's emphasizing the power of pursuing someone who's left the group, but he's also teaching the group, we are not whole unless we have the hundred with us. So he modeled all these things, and you'll need all these things to become mature. Old and new coming together as one. The reason I say that is because over the last at least year, I've had this sense that God is certainly doing a new thing, but he's connecting the new thing of what he's doing with previous anointings and graces that have been in the earth. The Catherine Coleman's, who would literally, historically, she would come, into the Pittsburgh airport where she lived. And they, they started to ask her, they gave her her own entrance because there was such a, a move of the Holy Spirit by her going to her plane because of the weight of the glory of the Lord upon her. The Oral Roberts, some of you might not even know his name, but I'm gonna live my life before I leave this earth still talking about him. Because we must not forget those who have gone before us. If all he's remembered for is his miracle ministry would remember him forever. The anointing on him. You can still watch it on YouTube. They would introduce him. Here is God's man of faith and power. And we preach an evangelistic message. The anointing on it. One of his greatest messages was the, the fourth man. About the boys thrown in the lions. Then, then he would pray for the sick. One time he prayed for thousands. He slept for like six days. He had prayed for thousands of people one time. There's one you can probably one of the top clips at least the last time I looked. He prays for a man with a goiter, and you see the goiter go down. He's reading not too far for well, close enough. Roanoke, Virginia. Thousands in, a, in one thousands of sick people, not the meeting he would go in. Nearly all of them get healed that night. Deaf, lame, cancer. You, you'd remember him forever, but he didn't stop there. God tells him to build a university. They thought he was nuts. I read something this past year senator u.s senator at the time was a born again and he said i thought this man was nuts when he showed me his vision for building he said god i i i i can't do this he said build it like i built like i created the world out of nothing and he bought put all of his savings in building this university didn't take a salary for years Still there today. Now, they, there was nothing out there in Tulsa. You go on that campus now. There's a gift of faith. I encourage you to fly out there just to get the gift of faith. Lord Jesus. One man's obedience. And the Lord spoke to him. He said, build me a university. On faith and my word and based on the whole man. And I'll bring you students and their work. Will, they'll go to dark places and their work will far exceed yours. And in this, I am well pleased. If all you know him for all Roberts University, you'd still remember him. But he also went on daily television when there were three channels on in America, not like hundreds today. Paid for his own airtime. It's a nightly show. And he would say, and you know what would get other believers mad? This is what got other believers mad, not unbelievers. He would say, something good is going to happen to you. And he said, today is your day for a miracle. And that's where the ORU singers came from. Hated by a large percentage of believers, not the world. When he finishes his life, at least $3 billion he's raised for the cause of the gospel when he leaves the earth. The day before he leaves, he's not doing too well physically. Richard, his son, walks into his room and he he sees uh, Brother Roberts worshiping. He said, Dad, you're not doing too well, but you're worshiping. He goes, yes, the Lord has told me I've done what he's asked me to do. And he's bringing me home. That's the way you want to finish your life. He left the earth doing what God asked him to do. And we are still benefiting today. They asked Catherine Kuhlman, a reporter asked her in an interview. They asked her, do you see? She says, no, I don't see anything. Well, what do you want to tell him when you see him? When I see him, I want to tell him that I did my very best to please him. That's what she said to the reporter. When you see him, what will you tell him? I did my best to do what you told me to do. This prophetic word, we talking about eternity. Eternity is written in day-to-day moments. I was thinking about this last few weeks. There was a young man I was interacting with him this week on social media. He's not young anymore. I'm still young, Lord Jesus. He's a little older than me in college. When I was a freshman in college, he I think was one year removed from college. And as a freshman, college, someone invited me to this meeting, and he was speaking in this meeting he's like preaching since he's like 13 years old or something. Faithful man. This is what I remember sitting in the back of this auditorium when I'm a freshman in college. I remember him telling a story about young people our age, Muslims, excuse me, they were in a Muslim nation and they would preach the gospel and they would beat him with rods and then they would throw him out. They would come back the next day and they would preach the gospel, and they would beat them with rods, and they'd throw them out. And they would just keep coming back. And I remember sitting in the back of this auditorium thinking, I sort of got my life. You know, I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to do this and all this, you know. You don't realize how foolish you are when you're not surrendered to the Lord. But I think to myself, I I just had this thought. If I don't surrender my life tonight fully to the Lord. See, I love God, but I didn't want to surrender him because I was afraid he's going to send me to Africa. (laughs) That and other things. If I don't surrender my life to the Lord, that's why you pray for your kids. The Lord showed me about a year ago was my mom's prayers that helped make that moment. Somehow, if I don't surrender my life to the Lord tonight, somehow my life is not going to end up how God wants it to. And I remember as a you know, you know it's coming. You want to surrender your life to the Lord. And remember, I didn't feel anything and sense anything, but I remember when I stood up, literally my whole life changed. There's no exaggeration, no hype. My whole life changed that night. I knew I was called to preach the gospel. I saw myself going around the world preaching the gospel. I knew I would see The power of God move in a generation. And a seed was put on the inside of me for a hunger for the things of God that's never stopped 26 years later. Is it 26? Yeah, 25 or something like that. It was a while ago to accurately. But think about that. A young man invited to preach on a university campus. Faithful to do what God asked him to do. He has no idea I'm in the back of that auditorium. But what he's saying writes eternity in my heart forever. Your daily surrender helps to write eternal moments for people i think about my own father i mentioned part of that story tonight he encounters the lord escaping cuba communism said lord if there's a god i'll give my life to that god and he knows he's got this encounter with the lord he comes to america he's in a job training program my dad's name is angel there's another man named angel and he says, Admiral, I think God sent this guy specifically to minister to me because he wasn't learning anything in the program. But he was asking me to come to his church. He said, Angel, you need to come to my church. And my dad, since he had come to the U.S., he was going to Catholic church because he sort of grew up Catholic, so he's got his candles and things like this and his you know, apartment and stuff. But you know, I don't know if they still teach us. but he said, Back then, Catholics, they told you not to go to other churches because you might learn something and leave them. So that's, that's my own commentary. <laughs> so I didn't go to Catholic church, but he kept asking me, "Keep at, be that annoying person. He's like a woodpecker. He said, finally, I told him I'll go. He said he went on a, I believe it's a Saturday. Goes on a Saturday, shows up at the church. And he thought these people were crazy. Why? Because he's at a wedding, and they're celebrating, they invite him to the, to the reception, and he realized that there is no alcohol at this reception. He said, these people are crazy. What kind of people have a wedding with no alcohol? He, even in a communist country, you celebrate weddings with alcohol, right? And this man came over to him, and he said to him, he said, he said, listen, there's no service today, but we want to invite you to come. He said, we want you to come back tomorrow. We have service tomorrow. My dad said, it freaked me out. I, I left before the food was served. Go back home and say, great, I don't have to do that again. I went. I told Angel I'd go. I went once. I'm done. But for whatever reason, I got up the next morning and thought, I should go back to that church. <laughs> Those things do not happen arbitrarily. When you're praying in this room on Wednesday nights, your prayers, how do I know? I know it biblically and I know because I've seen it. Your prayers are going into that living room where that man's been sitting there for two hours who's come home from work. He's drunk out of his mind and he's thinking, there's a God somewhere. Your prayers are going across this region. Your prayers are going to the government places. Shows up the next morning, goes to Sunday school, and the pastor keeps saying, somebody here needs to get born again. And and my dad goes, that's not me. And then how many can identify with this one? He saved for the service. I don't know how he made it through Sunday school. And he said, it was like the man was preaching my life. I thought, he, he said, as a young man, I thought, how does this guy know about my life? So at the end of the message, he said, somebody here needs to get born again. And I told him the story this morning. He said, if you want to receive, if you, if you want to get born again, lift up your hand. My dad said, don't lift up your hand. And his hand went up. <laughs> but think about eternity being written in everyday moments. A man prays. He preaches the message that God gives him. Another man invites him to a meeting so God can minister to him. God's writing eternity every day and he's looking for people who'll just simply lean into these little things that are not little things. They're actually writing eternity in people's hearts. Whether they know you or not, the important thing is that you're writing God's story for the earth through your life. I wrote a letter, I think maybe, was it right before, I don't remember, it was at least two years ago, because so I felt convicted because I never had testified back to this man of the impact he made on my life. So I wrote him a letter and did something else that the Lord told me to do because I thought it was important to know. You changed my whole family's life because of your yes to God. I've told too, I, I don't think I've ever said this publicly. I've told Randy Clark, I said, because of your yes, my whole life's been changed. Please keep saying yes so you write eternity for other people. A fresh baptism of fire is coming on my reformers in the earth. I desire to release a fresh baptism of fire upon God's people. For I'm releasing in the earth angelic assistance to encounter my people as never before. Even as it was on the day of Pentecost, as my people align with me and receive, and receive an unprecedented outpouring of my spirit, they will be forever changed and transformed forever. This is a season for my remnant, and faithful people to dream with me as never before. Do not stop standing in faith regardless of that which you see taking place in the world. For I've called you to be in this world, but not of this world. And I have reserved the unlocking and the fulfillment of dreams reserved for a different day to be released in this day so that my name would be glorified. So even those that know me intimately would know that is my sovereign hand and work in your midst. Do not grow weary in well doing. I don't know everything that God is doing in this room right now, but I do know that there's an impartation I encourage you to just stand all across this room. And I just, even particularly right in the middle of this room, I just see this cloud of fire. Thank <laughs> okay, you, Lord. Lord, thank you for encounters all across this room. Thank you for your beauty being displayed all across this room.